0: Lord, thank you for today. Um, Thank you for the rain. Thank you uh, that you are are sovereign in our trials, and I know each one in here has faced one this year, if not recently. We pray for your healing on my leg. Um, I pray for the doctor's hand on Friday. Um, We pray for those in our church family who are dealing with even Greater things than a bum foot. Um, I pray for Mary Urban and uh, John Schreiner and others who are dealing with things and people who are traveling this week. Give them grace. Lord, help us to uh, learn from your word, talk about you, talk about your son, Jesus. Thank you uh, for the truth we have there, and thank you that you are good. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, um, we'll keep rolling here. So we're going to look at God the Son, and um, I just there, you know you can see i, I gave uh, I gave those who are here a comprehensive statement out of the b f and the Baptist Faith and message, but it 's got all these supporting verses there too. I did not use them all <laughs> you're welcome there's a there's a lot there, but uh, we can um, look at that and these these statements are systematic they are are put together from the entirety of the scriptures, and they're very important for how we interpret who Jesus is and um, what, how we, we believe he completed his work and uh, how we can communicate that to, to people as we share our faith, as we stand on the word and the scriptures. So um, anyway, uh, we're going to just hit some highlights there along the way. Um, article two is, uh, this is the beginning of article two. I did not print that out for you. We have looked at that the last time we met. Um, but, uh, the, the beginning of article two in Baptist faith message deals with a systematic statement of God as a whole, God, the father, son, and Holy spirit. And then last time we looked at God, the father, because that's where you start. They start breaking down where the scriptures are. So tonight we're going to look at God, the son, um, and you have that written down on your paper, too. I tried to learn from last time, so you guys don't have to squint up at the screen so much. But it's both on the live stream and in, uh, in your hand if you're in the room. Christ is the eternal Son of God. In His incarnation as Jesus Christ, He was conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. Jesus was perfectly revealed and did the will of God. Taking upon Himself human nature with its demands and necessities and identifying Himself completely with mankind yet without sin. He honored the divine law by his personal obedience and his substitutionary death on the cross. Say that slowly. Uh, He made provision for the redemption of men from sin. He was raised from the dead with a glorified body and appeared to his disciples as the person who was with them before his crucifixion. He ascended into heaven and is now exalted at the right hand of God, where where he is the one mediator, fully God, fully man, in whose person is affected the reconciliation between God and man, He will return in power and glory to judge the world, to consummate His redemptive mission. He now dwells in all believers as a living and ever-present Lord. So the verses that follow below that supports this statement, and we're we're really going to hit just four spots. If you see it tonight, we're going to look at four different things about Jesus and kind of have some conversations about that how it's fleshed out. And you may have some verses to add in here, but um, I, I added a, in a couple of spots some different verses. But be, uh, be reminded that while you see that stack and that list of verses there, there is always more in Scripture. Okay? This is designed to be succinct. Um, and you know if you wanted to, you could memorize this to tell people that, but I'd rather memorize the actual Scriptures personally. I think that's probably a better use of my efforts and time, um, and uh, we'll go there. So we're going to start with the, the fact that Jesus was promised, and that with that we hit three Old Testament passages. Um, just like last time, I've got this mic set up, so if anybody's listening online, they can hopefully hear you too. So um, if somebody wants to read those verses of Genesis 17, 3, through eight, um, that would be cool. Okay? Got lost. I was trying to read the ESV along with what what you're reading there, so that was fun. Um, Okay, so uh, what do we find here? What is this the first example of uh, that we we see? Well, one of the first examples. What does this uh, establish for the future? Okay. That Israel will be his people. Okay. What ultimately do we see? What's that? He would be their God. And how does that uh, point forward to what we understand about the entirety of Scripture. The everlasting covenant would, be full, would have a fulfillment. Yeah, it would have a fulfillment. Um, and ultimately, what we see is that the offspring would outnumber, you know, as it says, the sands of the sea, right? You know, that would be uh, beyond what Abraham could ever imagine. And what, what is the context of this conversation between God and Abram, or now Abraham, in the midst of this? Yeah, he was, what, he was, was he 100 at this point, or 99, 98, 99, and then his wife was 10 years younger than him, spring chicken, 90, uh, 90. and um, we're not going to dive much into it, but what did she do when she heard about this? <laughs> she laughed, because it was ludicrous, ludicrous, right, that this was going to happen. This could only happen miraculously, and and that's really God's point. He's, uh, he's drawing together his plan in a way that only he can fulfill it. So, uh, ultimately, he's promised that the, the offspring would be the, the king of the nation, okay? Oh, yeah. I mean, Abraham, was, Abraham had all kinds of problems. Uh, so, chapter 18, verse, uh, verse 10, it says, The Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and your wife will, uh, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him, and I don't have the verses following, but that's when she laughed. She thought that was, thought that was pretty funny. So, it, here's the deal with it, is that Jesus was promised, and ultimate we see, ultimately we see him fulfilled through that, right? And it's not, uh, they, this isn't the only place, obviously, but it starts back at the dawn of time. Uh, that, the, that the the redemption would come and the uh, what do they call it um, in Greek the proto euevangelon in uh, Genesis chapter three you see that the offspring of Eve would be crushed or would crush the the head of the serpent right and he would just bruise his heel and and that is considered to be the first picture of what would happen in the in the story of redemption. Um, and ultimately is fulfilled in Jesus, uh, we would see some interesting cinematic uh, interpretations of that. If you, guys, if you saw The Fashion of the Christ, that they particularly dealt with that prophecy. In there. But that's not scripture. <laughs> that, that, uh, that Jesus actually crushed the head of a snake in the garden. Um, but, you know, so much for theater, right? So that's, that's about what we can get there. All right. All um, right. Anything else you guys want to add about Abraham and Isaac and and, and Sarah and all that? Uh, We know that uh, Abraham bore Isaac. Uh, Isaac married Rebekah. Rebekah had uh, Jacob and Esau. And then from those two sons, we see the promise go through Jacob because of that incredible deception. He's the deceiver, right? And uh, ultimately, he. father's 12 sons, that would be the 12 tribes of Israel, and, um, well, yeah, the 12 tribes come from those sons, and um, we see that the line is promised to Judah, who was not the firstborn, right? What's the, the societal expectation is that the firstborn would take all the rank, right? But almost, I, I don't know, if you look at all the stories in the, in the New Testament, it seems like the most remarkable characters didn't fit that bill, <laughs> right? You got Solomon, you got David, you got all these different guys. It, it God appoints who God appoints to do, to do these things. So um, there we go. So we have um, from the law or the books, uh, you know, the books of the law, you have uh, the story from Genesis. Now let's go to the Psalms and see where Jesus is uh, predicted there. Psalm 2. Verses seven through nine so let me read that for us. All right. So the uh, this speaks forward. Again to the uh, the Messiah, to the Anointed One who would be the conquering King, and as we see that happening, uh, the the Psalms speak to Jesus all over the place. We we looked at that on Sunday in Psalm twenty two, right? They pointed forward to his crucifixion, but you see it in in um, in all kinds of uh, different places. Through that, you see it in Psalm one ten. You see, uh, you know, the, let's see, you probably got I don't know, most of the the yeah. I've Psalm 110 there, I just pulled that out of my mind there. But Psalm 110 is a big one, a Messianic Psalm. Um, even Psalm 23 can be considered something like that, you know, where you see the Lord is our shepherd. And uh, we see Jesus describe himself in the Gospel of John as the good shepherd. The Psalms do not neglect the promise of the Messiah. And actually, and I, did, I didn't point this out, it might be uh, in some of these passages I didn't, I didn't cite, but the gospel writers even mention that the Psalms mention that Jesus prophesied through them. So, the promise is consistent. God will send a redeemer, send somebody before him to, um, to fulfill his, uh, his, his call there. Can you guys think of some other spots in the wisdom literature even? Uh, but particularly in the Psalms where it's promised, or the Messiah's promise? That's okay. I just don't want to see, want it to seem like I've uh, got the only answers here. You guys know the Bible really well, too. so All right. And then, of course, um, I really could have just inserted the entire book of Isaiah, but we'd be reading it until Friday because it's very long. But Isaiah particularly talks so much about the Messiah, about the, the promise of the, the king. You, know, you see it almost from the start. And uh, I, chapter 7 and 9, you see it later in uh, 53, uh, but all along the way as well. You see the rest that comes, that's in uh, chapter 40 of Isaiah. Um, all those things there, and um, there are different, um, different ways that God speaks through the prophets. Um, you see it in Jeremiah. Um, and you see it in Daniel as he talks about the Son of Man. See it um, through. Uh, you see the fulfillment of it in Habakkuk, and uh, when he says the righteous will live by faith, right? When he talks about how we we see that Habakkuk three verse two. There's all kinds of places in the Old Testament there. Now, the thing about the Old Testament, it isn't necessarily speaking specifically about Jesus by name, it's speaking about the promised. And so now, when you get to like Malachi, when it's talking about Elijah, would come in the spirit and power of Elijah, the prophet would come in the spirit and power of Elijah, the voice crying in the wilderness, as it's described in Isaiah, they're speaking of John, as we see fulfilled, because Jesus says that there. But that's one of the signs pointing forward to the Messiah. And uh, so, all throughout the Old Testament, it's it's been said that the the Bible is a Jesus book from cover to cover. You know, it's always pointing forward to his fulfillment and salvation and that's one of the reasons i i try to preach the bible thoroughly um it may not be totally in depth and i may not hit all the different little nuances along the way but one of my goals is for anybody who who, who hears something can go and say i know i know something about jesus from here you know? and um those, all those minor prophets, and I'm thinking that's where I'm going to go on Sunday morning next is another minor prophet, depending on how long <laughs> we, we deal with the gimpy leg. Um, we may never get through the Gospel of Mark, guys. I mean, <laughs> it may never happen. So, uh, anyway, um, we have uh, the, the promise, though, in the Old Testament pointing forward to Jesus there. So, um, all right. Those are not the only things found in the Old Testament, but that's really what we, uh, what we need to realize is that uh, throughout what the Hebrews would call the scriptures, it's pointing forward to this great rescuer. What was the problem now going into the first century with the expectation of the Jews? yeah they 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 wanted their due, basically they thought that this what's that yeah, they wanted everything to come back and them to rule over the world politically and powerfully in that way. and um, as we find in the New Testament in this person Jesus, God's plan was very different because he was talking about basically the king of the universe versus the king of the world. <laughs> Difference of perspective there. You're looking from the really, really, really big picture to the kind of big picture. You know. um, and even in the church history, that, that bred problems because there were times when the church thought that they could be, basically take over political life with the Roman Catholic Church, and, and that didn't work out very well. So, um, anyway, um, so uh, going uh, The intertestamental period, the period of silence, four or 500 years, that was, it was quiet. Um, All kinds of different things happened. They expected, they saw Babylon, they saw Persia, they saw Greece, and then ultimately they see Rome. And now they definitely want a political rescuer because Rome was the worst. They were the most oppressive of all of them. Persia was probably the best out of them. That were the the rulers because they were the ones that brought the restoration of Israel. Or to, of Judah, at least as a region, and then Greece. You know, well, we didn't. We don't hear about Greece, but we hear about Rome. and Get us out of Rome. We don't want that anymore. So, all right. So now we see basically year zero, right? Um, there is no year zero, by the way. It's <laughs> yeah. Well, it's one in B.C. and A.F. A.D. and B.C. and and all those connections there, but. What's A-Y? I think you're making up stuff. Hey, Nathan, come here. Come here. You got a pen, right? Well, no, you can leave it there. Just come get this. Don't die. Not necessary. I want you to draw me a picture of Jesus. Go. All right. So, here we go. Number two, point number two. Jesus was immaculately conceived. What in the world does that mean? Uh. There was only one human involved. That's what that means. (laughs) The mother was only involved. God brought that miracle of the virgin birth. Okay? And how do we know that happened? Because we have accounts of it from both sides, right? From the father and the mother. And so we look at the father in Matthew uh, chapter 1. I just love. I just love this passage, Matthew 1, 8, 18 through 25, where the, where the angel speaks to Joseph. It's one of my favorite spots because there's just so much there. You, you know, Joseph, he was a good guy, right? And he's just like, okay, well, I got into something I didn't think I was going to get into here. And, um,
1: you know, there's all kinds
0: of speculation about his age. What, what, do we really know any of? He really was. And so, what does he do? Here we see. Um, Verses 18 through 25. Somebody read those for me. go. So we have the miracle of Jesus' birth. And again, it comes from both sides of of the uh, of the union, so to speak, the father and the and the mother. And there there's a lot of implications to this. Um, the seed of sin is passed through the Father. So in order for the sacrifice for our sins to be righteous, we had to deal with that problem the only being capable of dealing with that was the creator because he is the one who spoke the light spoke life into existence in the first place you know and and even as uh, as a parent and seeing life happen you 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 realize that life itself is a miracle it just really is the fact that our bodies are basically self-sustaining you know we need food, we need rest, <laughs> you know. And, but beyond that, what brings life? It's the breath of God. It really is. And he is the one who ordains its beginning and its end. And so, you know, in, in, the, in the modern world, we have all kinds of wonderful health things that make our lives better, or are supposed to make our lives better along the way. But the fact is, is that eventually our bodies do wear out we're in this flesh, not designed to live forever, and that's a harsh place to be. It's a hard reality, but it's the reason Jesus came. That's why we have hope, is because He comes and brings us eternal life. But really, He is the only one who is the worthy sacrifice, and so we see all this happening here. And we see Joseph. He's a man of character. He didn't want to. Uh, he didn't want to bring her shame. He said, "Okay." You know, they weren't actually it was this betrothal engagement, it was kind of being half married, there was legal obligations without the the uh union, basically. And so um Mary was in a lot of trouble. That's <laughs> basically where this amounted to. And um and, and Joseph didn't want her to be in trouble, so he protected her, right? He was going to protect her. Probably. I mean, that's yeah. and and he, he uh He loved her, though, you know, and he really just wanted it to see there. But anyway, maybe I'll answer it. Let's chase some rabbits. Let's do it. That's a really difficult world view to overcome. <laughs> I think that's a, okay, we've got a picture of Jesus here. He's got a goatee. Really skinny legs. Hope he didn't step on a hole. Well, got little twigs in there, so... So, good job, buddy. I like that. All right. So All right. So, um hey, come here. You left lo- you left too soon. Draw-, draw me a picture of Christmas. Go for it. Come on. Come on. Go for it. All right. So, um so tradition this, this is one of the problems that, that you run into when you start valuing tradition over the scriptures. So what happens is that people get into conversations like we're having now, and they go, well, if Jesus, or a thousand years ago, they got into these conversations. You know, if, if Jesus was without sin, we, we, we venerate him so highly, right? Well, then he, we know that he's immaculate conceived, then, then Mary must have the same thing that she was too. And so then when you look at going to the Magnificat in Luke 2, they, try, they start pulling things out of her prayer there to relate that to our prayers now and make her basically an advocate that gets raised to the level that Jesus can only hold but then you see that the, the theological issues, and of course this is on YouTube, so this will be fun. But um, you see the theological issues get built up then within that tradition that, that put the priest up there too. That the priest is the only one worthy of carrying that. And so what ends up happening is that it becomes instead of a, what I would call a theocentric faith, a God-centric faith, it becomes a very anthropocentric Man-centered faith. Right. Well, okay. And, and, and what, one of the things in, in coming to them with it is to explain where you're coming from, too. Is saying, I'm only speaking what I read here. Because I've had conversations with both Catholics, and really, I, I've got a former professor that's an Eastern Orthodox priest who... They, they venerate tradition over the scriptures. And they tell you they do. And um, what happened at the Protestant Reformation was that guys like Martin Luther and his successors started going, hold on a minute. This is, this is the problem. And which is where we get all our denominations now because once one person started asking the questions, you have all these questions <laughs> coming out. You know, and so then you get these different churches and different brands and different understandings and you get the Baptists and the Almost Baptists and the non denobs that just don't want to say they're Baptist and, you know, um, a lot of that kind of thing. So. Well, and, and that accountability is to the Scripture. It's got to come back to what the Bible is. And, um, you know, it, 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 some people scoff and think it can be kind of ridiculous, and I don't even know whether it's a goal that can be met. Um, and, and as, I, as I've i said it in the past, I don't know if it's one I'm... <laughs> I don't know how serious I am about it in the long term. But one of my goals is to preach through as much of the Bible as possible. And, um, I, uh, you know, and and... and now 12 years, this month will be 12 years that we've been here, I can see the patterns I've preached. I really like preaching through the minor prophets because they just get through it quick. I haven't hit Daniel. I haven't hit Isaiah. I haven't hit Jeremiah because they're just, you know, let's say preach verse by verse through Isaiah. Well, 15 years later, here we are, you know. Um, And and not because I, I I mean, I, I try not to drag through things, but there's just so much, you know. And so uh, that's a you know as as I say that now I go why did I say that you know? <laughs> what was I thinking, but uh, you, you see that God is um, God is present throughout the scriptures and so when you come to um, passages like this where it deals with the con- this is controversy right this is this you know she like you said she could have been executed because of because of this happening um, you know. It's, we see the grace of God at work in his eternal plan, and ultimately we see that fulfillment. Um, his name is Jesus. What does the name Jesus mean? Yeshua is the transliteration. What does that mean? The Lord saves. That name means the Lord saves. And then in the fulfillment of the prophecies, it says God is with us, is Emmanuel. So, um, so, yeah, we see both of those things there. And Joseph, being righteous, was obedient and did that. Um, and then on Mary's side, we, uh, we see in just one verse from the Gospel of Luke. The angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And again, that, that statement, the Son of God, is, is a declaration of, of rank, because the son holds the possession of the father. The son and the father in that culture, and even throughout the cultures of history, I mean, uh, you, you see that the son and the father might as well be the same person as far as their authority goes. And, um, and in, in this picture, the reason Jesus is executed when we come to that point is because of that. It's because he says, being the son of God, he declares to be God. And, yeah, yeah. Um, Right. Yeah, there's there's a (laughs) right, and then even then, it was pointing forward to what would happen. It wasn't at that moment. (laughs) It was prophetic. It is, um, and and the questions are worth asking with that. I think one of the dangers we have. In, um, in our interpreting of Scripture is that we're afraid to ask questions about it because we, we get this picture in our mind of what right do we have to challenge God. Well, That's not what we're doing. That's good. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely that's good yeah um god is big <laughs> his word is true and so it goes back to even david that, that's a great point point, allison just made is that the, the scriptures they 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 testify to themselves so there have been things along the way that i i was pretty sure of and then you know whether I was just breezing over something or, or whatever, you, you look and you see that God dealt with this issue in a way that I didn't expect it to. Um, and, and really, what we're talking about here, the, the Immaculate Conception, we see that that's not the way any of us expected this to happen. <laughs> because that word virgin, it could be interpreted and translated as a young girl. It could be anybody. And that actually has dual fulfillment because... It's pointed to Hezekiah as you know, as part of that. So but once the New Testament is written, they, they see that, oh look, Jesus. Jesus made everything clear. And that's really where we need to come through with this, is that Jesus is the ultimate hermeneutic. That's the that's the word for interpreting scripture. If it doesn't line up with who Jesus is and what we know of God through Jesus, then we really need to wonder what's going on. And um, I I would say it's always worthy to ask the question. We Our question is never, I don't think our question is ever offensive. Um, but we need to be ready for the answer when we ask the question. So, um, and remember that while the scriptures may be infallible, we are not. So, uh, we need to be accountable to that. All right. So, the Son, then, we get into Jesus. The Son is blessed by the Father. And we have four different passages right here, all about, these, these are the account of Jesus' baptism. But this is the anointing that we see. Was, was the Holy Spirit with Jesus before his baptism? I sure hope so. <laughs> but why did, why did the Spirit come at his baptism? There you go. Matthew three seventeen. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with him I am well pleased. Mark 1.11, And the voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. I'm just going for consistency here, guys. Just so you know, this happened in all four. Um, Luke 3, Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus had also been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And the voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. And then um, the, the John is an interest, John's just interesting. John handles it differently. The next day, he saw Jesus coming toward him. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. John bore witness, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. We'll get, I'm sure, return to that in uh, in the next uh, topic we go through. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son so, with that blessing, it shows us who the Son of God is. You're right, David. That's the right lady in there. Uh, I, I didn't, I'd never. That's okay. We'll see what you drew. Would you draw it on the front this time? Oh, that's great. You got a donkey? What else you have? And a horse. Can you zoom in on that, Rick? Jesus is in there. And then there's Jesus on the back side. So, it kind of looks like he's got a badge on from the star. He's got a little little star badge. So, good work, Bubba. Good work. And now, no, I'm kidding. I won't be them at all. So, all right. This, this would be a fun one to draw pictures of, this next one. All right, but uh, anyway, the, the blessing of the, of the Father is upon the Son. And that seems like it should be an obvious thing. But it's something we should be reminded of, okay? God anointed his son, Jesus, God in flesh, to do this work. And it's a very important realization that we all need to come to of who Jesus is and what he came to do, okay? Um, <clears throat> and again, this is basics. This is faith foundations. This is, you know, understanding the, the core of who we are and what we came to do. What's up, Bubba? I'm a hug. You're hugging me? i will tickle you. All right. So, um, any other thoughts on the blessing that God dropped on Jesus there? What did it sound like? Did Jesus sound like James Earl Jones? I mean, did God, the Holy Spirit? What, what, was, what was happening, right? So, yeah, when the, when, the, when the dove came down and said, this is my son. Whom I love. I can't can't even. It sounded like Darth Vader. It sounded like Darth Vader. I hope it didn't sound like Darth Vader, but it could be. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, um, God is amazing. His plan is eternal, and his blessing is upon Jesus. And that's why we need to keep our focus on him in worship. It's because that's where the blessing comes from. Okay? All right. So, finally... Jesus was recognized by other spiritual forces as the Son of God. This one's a fun one. And when he came to the other side, to the country of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men met him, coming out of the tombs so fierce that no one could pass that way. And behold, they cried out, What have you to do with us, O Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time so much in that question, <laughs> right? What, who do we think we're against here when we're in this spiritual battle? There's nothing fluffy about the Christian faith. Anything goes to them, all right? There's nothing fluffy about the Christian faith here. We're in a battle, and we're in a battle with things we can't see, okay? What have you to do with us, O Son of God? So the, the demons cry out, and name him for who he is. Yeah. And then they know also the scriptures before the time. Are you here to torment us? We could chase that a long way probably, but anyway. Now a herd of many pigs was feeding at some distance from them, and the demons begged him, saying, if you cast us out, send us away into the herd of pigs. And he said to them, Go. So they came out and went into the pigs, and behold, the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the waters. The herdsmen fled, and going into the sea, they told everything, especially what had happened to the demon-possessed men. And behold, all the city came out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they begged him to leave their region. That's a whole fascinating (laughs) picture there. Leave our pigs alone. I don't (laughs) know what they're saying there, but... um, Right? You you drowned our pigs. Why why, why did you do this? So, anyway, there's there's a lot there. But to recognize that Jesus not only is recognized as the Son of God by demonic spiritual forces, He holds authority over them. Okay? And it's by His righteousness that we are cleansed and healed in that. Um, And then this is a similar... Oh, this is the the picture we see of of healing here in Luke chapter 4. Now, when the sun was setting, all those who, had any, those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many, crying, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the Christ. So, the bad guys know who the good guys are. That's a simple way to put it. Eyes were blinded, you know um, well it's true, a lot of truth in that right there, so anyway there's a lot more, and we may we'll probably i don't I don't know what next week is going to look like we 'll see how I feel come Wednesday <laughs> um, whether we jump back into this um, i I don't anticipate that i 'm going to feel much worse than I did when it first happened, but um, we'll see. Uh, We'll see. So, oh yeah, yeah, it'll be all right. Um, it would be good. Thank you. I appreciate it, Richard. So, says the guy who drove me to the doctor the other day. So, <laughs> so, um, it, all right. So, uh, we're gonna tune out. Let's close in prayer with the study, and we'll shut down on the stream, and then we'll do our prayer. So, Lord, thank you for. Your word, I pray that you continue to teach us about who Jesus is and recognize your authority. Um, I pray that you uh, change our hearts in your truth and that we would trust you more and more. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we done online? Good job. All right, way, way to go, Ricky. Yay, Ricky! I don't know where Caitlin went. Where's Caitlin? We lost Caitlin. Oh, Caitlin's at the other computer. Okay. I know what Caitlin's doing. All right, um, let's look at our prayer needs. Obviously, we mentioned me already there.